Hey, where are you going, Jim? The elevator's over here. Taking the stairs. But our meeting's up on eight. Yeah, I know. But that's eight floors up. That's like eight times eight. I don't A lot of stairs. That's the point. I've already lost a few pounds and earned almost $100 in wellness incentives. Whoa, you're getting rewarded for working out? Yeah, I know. I'm just as surprised as you are, Bob. Fearless is full of surprises. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits and sign up at fepblue.org slash choose blue by December 11th. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily Los Angeles Chargers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to Locked On Chargers, a third week in a row that we are doing a Monday Locked On Chargers recapping a L.A. Chargers and L.A. Chargers win. This time over the Denver Broncos, who arguably the Chargers should be 2-0 against, but because of a blocked field goal, they are 1-1 against and they are done playing for the year. And there's a reason why I'm particularly happy today. I know, that sounds weird. If you've listened to this podcast long enough, you know I'm a pessimist, I'm angry, I'm angsty, I'm anxiety-ridden, and not today. Not today. Maybe this will be the most boring podcast I've ever done. I hope not, but I'm particularly happy today. Also, because uh, I forgot to say it before, I'm John Gennaro. I will be your host of Locked On Chargers today. Thank you for joining me. The Chargers beat the Broncos 21 to nothing yesterday in what is probably the most complete game I've seen from the Chargers in at least four years, if not six years. The offense was good. The defense was great. The special teams were also great. And here's the thing. I'm so happy that I had a chance to talk with Matthew Stanley on Friday because I got to voice my feeling about this Chargers team and their identity and how they're taking on the identity of their coach, Anthony Lynn. And he's really, he's grabbing the reins of this franchise away from Phillip Rivers, away from Antonio Gates. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's not necessarily a negative thing. He's just saying, this is not your team. This is my team. And I, I you, honestly, after the last few years with being Philip Rivers' team and, and seeing the type of results the team was getting, I'm all for it. And what did we see yesterday? First drive. Well, not the first drive. Uh, Chargers, I think, recovered a, a muffed punt. They get the ball. Uh, they're, they're, they get down to the goal line. Three straight plays. Run Melvin Gordon up the middle for nothing. Run Melvin Gordon up the middle for nothing. Run Melvin Gordon up the middle for nothing. They can't cross the goal line. Here's what Mike McCoy would have done in this situation. He would have kicked the field goal. Here's what 85 to 90% of the coaches in the league would have done in that situation. They would have kicked the field goal. And out of the 10 to 15% of the coaches that would have gone for it, knowing that it's really fine because the chance of the Broncos going 99 yards against you the other way is slim to none, and you're still going to end up with a scoring opportunity on the next drive, even that 10 to 15% of coaches out there, which is three, four, five head coaches in the NFL that are willing to go for it on fourth down after three straight misses up the middle with Melvin Gordon, only one of them hands the ball back to Melvin Gordon. The rest of them say, I have a quarterback who's a borderline Hall of Famer. 
I have one of the three or four greatest tight ends who ever lived. I have Hunter Henry, who seems like he's on path to be as good as as Antonio Gates. I have Keenan Allen, who can get open against anybody. I have all sorts of weapons, and I have Phillip Rivers. I'm throwing the ball from the one-yard line. What does Anthony Lynn do in what could be a turning point for the franchise? He calls for a run up the middle. The camera cuts to him on the sideline. He slaps away the microphone in front of his face and screams at his players on the field to man up. Man up. We're giving you four opportunities to push the Denver Broncos front four or front seven back a yard. You should be able to do that. Man up. And you know what happened? They didn't get it. They didn't get it. And the Broncos got the ball back. But even though it was unsuccessful in the moment, those four plays meant everything for the future of the L.A. Chargers. Because number one, that was Anthony Lynn asserting control away from Phillip Rivers. We're on the one-yard line. We're going for it four times. The ball is out of your hand every single time. You're handing it to Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon is the future of this team, not you. We're handing it to Melvin Gordon. And you guys on the offensive line, it's your responsibility to get him in there. And they failed him. And they knew they failed him. And if on third down, he had called for a pass play, or Rivers had audible to a pass play, and it didn't work out, and on fourth down, they would have kicked the field goal, everyone would have gone back to the sidelines and said, well, at least we got points. No, they all came back to the sideline feeling like we let coach down. He challenged us and we let him down. We need to show him that we're not going to let him down anymore. We need to play with our hair on fire, with more energy, more strength, more anger, more determination than the team we're going up against. Because that's what our coach is asking of us. And we're sitting here saying we want to go for it on fourth down. We want to be aggressive. And he's saying, fine, I'm there with you. But you have to show me that you want it more than the other team. In that moment, I really started liking who Anthony Lynn was as a head coach. And in that moment, I think Anthony Lynn figured out who he was as a head coach. The last three weeks, collectively, have been great. And Anthony Lynn is turning this into his team, which is great. But that moment... That's a turning point moment for a season. That right there. Even though it didn't work out, that's a turning point moment, and it was freaking great to see. Now, the Chargers won 21-0. Here's what you probably assume is in the box score. A great game from Phillip Rivers. Well, what if I told you Phillip Rivers threw the ball 26 times? The only game all year in which he's thrown less than 30, threw it 26 times for 183 yards. You would think, wow, okay, so Rivers was efficient. He didn't turn the ball over. You're right. He didn't complete a ton of his passes. 15 of 26 is not incredible, but it's it's better than 50%, which is kind of where he's been. Seven yards per pass or pass attempt. That's fine. That's not bad. Two touchdowns. No interceptions. Sure. What you want with Phillip Rivers is the game manager. 
What you want from Philip Rivers is the guy who's not throwing ducks. Remember the first four or five games of the season? Once a half, Rivers just sort of threw a duck into the defense and you hoped someone dropped it. Not anymore. See, no ducks. 15 of 26, 183 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, no turnovers from Philip Rivers, despite the fact that he was sacked three times. The protection around him was good. I wouldn't say it was great. It was good. Von Miller still got to him a bit. But Philip Rivers was playing game manager. He wasn't forcing the ball. Which leads you to believe that the team that scored 21 points and had a quarterback as the game manager probably had a dominant rushing attack. Also not true. Here's Melvin Gordon's rushing stats for the game. 18 carries, 38 yards for an average of 2.1 yards per carry. Austin Eckler ended up kind of being the hero of this game. And I'll get to game balls later, but Austin Eckler came in when the rushing game really wasn't getting anything done. I mean, to Anthony Lynn's credit, and he said it week one, week two, we need to not give up on the running game. To Anthony Lynn's credit, he did not give up on the running game. Melvin Gordon was getting one or two yards to carry, and he was still handing the ball to him, handing the ball to him, handing the ball to him. And then they gave Eckler a shot. A little guy. A little guy with a lot of Danny Woodhead in him. A little lot of shiftiness, craftiness, good hands, good footwork. And Austin Eckler picked up 5.4 yards per carry on seven carries, including an 11-yard run at some point. And it seemed like every time he got the ball, it was four or five yards. Now, I'm not even going to criticize the fact that it was only seven carries because this didn't even really happen until the second half of the game. And I'm not going to say Austin Eckler needs to be starting over Melvin Gordon. I just appreciate the fact that, A, they didn't give up on Melvin Gordon, And B, they tried a new thing in Austin Eckler. And C, when Austin Eckler was performing, they kept riding the hot hand. I mean, this is coaching 101. This is the easiest thing you can do. But most coaches don't do it. Anthony Lynn is making a history of making me happy, making a habit of making me happy, by just doing the not dumb thing. And yesterday, handing the ball to Austin Eckler and then continuing to hand the ball to Austin Eckler was the not dumb thing. In the passing game, throwing the ball to Hunter Henry a lot was the not dumb thing. Hunter Henry finished leading the team in receptions with four, leading the team in receiving yards with 73. And the only person who had more targets than him was Keenan Allen, who, by the way, just looks bad. He looks bad. He should, I'm not going to say he should be demoted. He, he, he just, he looks bad. It looks bad. And that's the story of the offense. How the hell they got 21 points is semi-mind-blowing, honestly. Because Eckler caught a touchdown pass for, I think it was three yards? A little screen out of the backfield and like a second and goal to go situation. And good for him. And Travis Benjamin broke up in a big play late. It was 14-0. Broncos were getting a little bit of momentum. 
Chargers get the ball back, and on third and long, Travis Benjamin just beat his man. Just beat his man. Rivers hit him in the right spot, and he was gone. And that's how they got 21 points. It was basically one big play. Uh, and a lot of defense. Eh, maybe two big plays. And Travis Benjamin was a part of both of them. There is more to me, Queen Eliara of Elfgard, than my elven magic. Just as there's more to Geico than saving you money, Geico also gives you 24-7 access to licensed agents online, on the phone, or on the Geico app. And while I am a mighty elf queen, I am also a mighty big fan of barbecue potato chips. Minions! More smoky mesquite. Geico. Expect great savings and a whole lot more. But before we go deep on Travis Benjamin, let's talk about that defense. Because despite the 21 points, I'm going to keep saying 21 points because it's impressive that with almost nothing from Melvin Gordon and Philip Rivers playing game manager, they scored 21 points. I mean, 21 points is nothing to sneeze at. But this game was won by the Chargers defense. And during the game, I was tweeting from the Locked On Chargers account, Locked On LAC on Twitter. And I just kept making comparisons to 2006 and 2007 when Sean Merriman was on one side and he was just so unbelievably dominant that the Chargers had an advantage going into every game. It didn't matter who they were playing. They had an advantage going into every game. Because number one, the opposing team would have to throw three blockers at him. And number two, it wouldn't matter. He'd end up with two sacks anyway. And that opened up the door for guys like Sean Phillips to start getting almost a sack a game. And Luis Castillo to almost get a sack a game. When he was told, just one gap, just, I don't care about guarding against the run. All I want you to do is beat this man on this shoulder and hit the quarterback. That's it. I mean, it's it's the same thing. It's it's a 4-3 defense instead of a 3-4 defense. But Joey Bose is playing the role of unstoppable pass rusher. He's your Sean Merriman. Melvin Ingram is playing the role of Sean Phillips, which is he's always been a good pass rusher. But as a number one pass rusher, he could be contained. As a number two pass rusher, he can't. And then you have Darius Phylon. Darius Phylon, who was drafted a few years ago and thought to be by some people, including your very own host, a bust. And Darius Phylon gets put in that Luis Castillo position now. Hey, I don't care about you stopping the run. I want you to beat this one man on this one shoulder, and I want you to get to the quarterback. All you got to do is one thing. You just got to do one thing. Beat this man to this spot and hit the quarterback. And by the way, the offensive line is going to be completely focused on stopping Joey Bosa and stopping Melvin Ingram. And you'll probably just have to beat one man to get to the quarterback. And what happens? Bosa is dominant. I mean, I, I literally haven't seen a pass rusher this dominant since, I guess, Von Miller three years ago. It, nobody, nobody can stop Joey Bosa right now. Melvin Ingram, without the offense completely focused on him, looks as dominant as Bosa. He's not, but he's not bad for what he, I mean, he's making the most of his opportunities. 
and Phylon getting a chance because Corey Legit was hurt should never, ever lose this spot in this defense, this Gus Bradley defense that I was wrong about. I, I credited what happened in Seattle to Pete Carroll because when Gus Bradley went to the Jaguars, the Seattle defense got better and the Jaguars defense was bad. But just like Wade Phillips was a bad head coach, uh, Dick LeBeau was a bad head coach, Dom Capers was a bad head coach. Norv Turner was a bad head coach. Some guys are just good coordinators and bad head coaches. And that might be Gus Bradley. Because this defense is humming. Humming. And guys are being put in positions where they can win. And Bosa and Ingram, and and now you got to include Phylon, are just dominating. Oh, you have to include guys like Chris McCain, who had two sacks yesterday and can beat anybody on the edge, it seems like. And it's not like he's Jerry Atauchu, who, nice to see him on the field, by the way. Uh, it's not like he's a skinny little speed guy. McCain can guard against the run, too. So let's just go through the sacks yesterday. McCain had two. Ingram had one. Bosa had two. Five sacks. Now, okay, yeah, the Jaguars had ten sacks yesterday, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say every time the Chargers get five sacks, they probably win that game. I'm also going to go out on a limb and say between Bosa and Ingram and McCain and Phylon, and let's not forget Brandon Meebane up the middle, they might end up with five sacks every game. So the identity is there. The plan is there. And the great thing about this plan, as opposed to plans in the past, Mike McCoy's plans, well, no, here, let's go back. Norv Turner. Norv Turner was fired because his plan to win every game was Philip Rivers is going to win every game. The problem with that is that makes it really easy to game plan against. All you have to do to beat the Chargers is stop Philip Rivers. A lot of teams were able to do that. Norv Turner gets fired. Mike McCoy comes in 2013, new GM, new offensive coordinator, and Ken Wisenhunt says, no, here's what we're going to do. We're going to build up Ryan Matthews. And we're going to make teams have to decide. Either you're stopping Ryan Matthews or you're stopping Phillip Rivers, but you're not stopping both. And what happened? The Chargers ended up in the playoffs. Then Ryan Matthews leaves. Melvin Gordon eventually comes in. And all of a sudden, because Melvin Gordon took a little time to get there, and I'm not even sure if he's there at all, all of a sudden it went back to... If you can stop Phillip Rivers, you can stop the Chargers. Because there was no factor from the defense, and there was no factor from the special teams. And now, Anthony Lynn taking over this team, taking over the identity of this team, says, we're going to beat you with our run game, and we're going to beat you with our defense. And the beautiful part about both of those is you can win a game with just one of them. You can win a game with just the the off- offensive rushing attack if the defense is having a down game because the, the, the rushing attack keeps the defense off the field. You can also have a game in which your defense is so dominant like it was yesterday against the Broncos that you don't necessarily need the rushing game to do much of anything. I mean, the Chargers could have won the game yesterday with three points. They could have won three nothing because the defense was so dominant. It's this multifaceted, layered approach to building strength throughout the team 
that leads to wins in the regular season and wins in the playoffs. And it's only been one game. It's only one game. It could very, very easily be an outlier. But the special teams unit yesterday against the Denver Broncos was dominant. I mean, kick returns, they were crushing people. Punt returns, they were crushing people. McNovak was kicking balls through the uprights without much of an issue. And Travis Benjamin, maybe one of the worst punt returners I've ever seen through the first six games of the season and through a lot of last year, known for catching the ball and running as fast as he can towards the sideline until someone hits him, caught the ball in the first quarter yesterday on a punt and ran forward and made one move and was gone. Travis Benjamin, let's see if this stat is here somewhere. I'm sure it is. Punt returns. Travis Benjamin ran a 65-yard punt return back for a touchdown in the first quarter. And in the fourth quarter, caught a 42-yard pass for a touchdown. So the Chargers, of their 21 points, 14 were essentially created by Travis Benjamin. Rivers didn't throw real far to hit Travis Benjamin, but there were blockers there to help him then. There were blockers there to help him on the punt return. Travis Benjamin, with his speed and his ability to run and his ability to read blockers, essentially was all the offense the Chargers needed yesterday. They didn't need Melvin Gordon. They didn't really need Phillip Rivers that much. They needed a little bit of Hunter Henry here and there to pick up first downs, give the defense a breather, and they needed Travis Benjamin. I mean, if you think this game ball is going to anyone but Travis Benjamin, you're nuts. The game ball is going to Travis Benjamin. And there are other people it could go to. Absolutely, Joey Bosa deserves a game ball because he was dominant. Absolutely, McCain deserves a game ball because he was dominant the limited amount of time he was on the field. But through all this, the game ball goes to Anthony Lynn. And I'm going to say a little bit about, uh, I'm going to say something about myself here. Okay, keep your eyes closed. Okay. I want to show you my first ever painting. Ooh, all right. Okay. Open your eyes. Oh, that's a lot of colors mm -hmm. <laughs> and shapes. So be honest. What do you think? Well, uh, I like how if you switch to Geico, you could save hundreds of dollars on car insurance. Oh, yeah, that's that's true. Yeah. Here, why don't I hold your paintbrush while you call them? Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. I have become known over the last few years as someone who hates the Chargers. Someone who has something against the Chargers. And I, I guess rightfully so. You know, I, I don't know what the opposite of looking for the silver lining is, but that's what I was always looking for, subconsciously. I was always looking for the thing about the Chargers that pissed me off the most. And that's what this podcast became, and that's what Bolts in the Blue was when I built it. It was me ripping the team for being stupid. And now, whatever that, that anti-silver lining is, it doesn't exist. It doesn't. There's nothing to hate about this team right now. I mean, oh, oh fine. Keenan Allen has paid a lot of money and seems like he's not the same player. Oh, they screwed that up. No. The, right now, I mean, over the, the last month, the Chargers have proven to be a, a very well-run team. 
psychologically, philosophically, and execution-wise. I mean, they are punching people in the mouth. They look like Rex Ryan's old New York Jets teams that everyone wanted to go play for and made it to, I think, back-to-back AFC championship games. That's what this Chargers team actually reminds me of. Just, hey, we're going to get on the field, and we're going to beat you up. You throw your best punch at us, you come right ahead. We're bigger, we're stronger, we fight harder than you. Bring it on. And that is an incredible identity to see out of this Chargers. I haven't seen that since the Marty Schottenheimer days. More and more, Anthony Lynn is reminding me of Marty Schottenheimer. And I never said that about Mike McCoy in 2013. I never compared him to Marty Schottenheimer. That's a special place in Chargers fandom. But I'm seeing a lot of it out of Anthony Lynn. And I love it. And I'm really starting to enjoy watching this team turn a corner and put Norv Turner in their rearview mirror and put Mike McCoy in their rearview mirror and start a new era with a new identity where they say, we are going to out-tough you. It's great. I have I have nothing negative to say about the Chargers right now, and I'm super proud of this team for the way that they handled themselves against the Denver Broncos yesterday. And I'll say this, there's going to be there's going to be more podcasts between now and Friday or Sunday. I have complete faith, not that the Chargers are going to go in and beat the Patriots, but I have complete faith that the Chargers are going to go play well against the Patriots. Now the Patriots are a good team. Patriots are a very good team, and the Patriots don't necessarily lose in New England ever. But I the, the I used to think the Chargers would go in and screw this up somehow. They would throw interceptions, they would fumble the ball away, they would make stupid penalties. I don't think the Chargers are going to throw this game away against the Patriots. I think the Patriots might outplay them, but this is somehow Anthony Lynn has turned the Chargers into a team that at the end of each game, I'm proud of how they played. And that's a different feeling for me. I haven't felt that way in a long time with the Chargers. It's nice. I'm enjoying it. I hope you're enjoying it. I will probably be back with some more podcasts later in the week. Until then, my name is John Gennaro. You can follow me on Twitter, John M. Gennaro. You can follow the Locked On Chargers Twitter account, Locked On LAC. Enjoy this win. Enjoy your Monday. I'm out. Is that the new iPhone? Yeah, got it on T-Mobile. Fastest iPhone deserves America's fastest LTE network. Introducing the amazing iPhone 8. It's the best iPhone yet, now on America's best unlimited network. For a limited time, save up to $300 on the amazing iPhone 8 after 24 monthly bill credits. And now join T-Mobile's iPhone upgrade program for free. Eligible trade-in and finance agreement required. If you cancel service, you may lose promo credits. Contact us for details. Video at 480p. Small fraction of users over 50 gigs per month may have reduced speed. See store for details.